listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. The daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 13th of November, 2023. On Market Day, we'll speak with George Baburis from K2 Asset Management on the day on the markets, including ANZ's record full-year cash profit. But first, to cybersecurity and operations at one of Australia's biggest port owners, DP World, resumed after a major cybersecurity incident over the weekend. It did have the potential to hit supply chains threatening inflation. So for more, including what consumers can do about these rising threats, Raina Bosch spoke with cybersecurity expert Troy Hunt. In terms of the business's response to this, what we've basically heard is the second they realised there was a tap, they shut down their internet connection. Is that enough to fend off a potential attack or uh, is there another response that perhaps may have been more suitable? Well, look, it's certainly part of the picture. As soon as you kill the connectivity and evict whoever it is that's in there from the network, there's no more data that goes out and there's no more uh, ongoing access, which might lead to more damage. Now, whether or not that's sufficient, we don't really know. We've got to remember it's early days. I mean, that they first heard about it on Friday. We started seeing news about that on Saturday afternoon. We're really only probably less than 72 hours in. Now, you mentioned Medibank and the other hacks that have kind of uh, ensued over the last couple of years. We also had Optus involved there who found themselves in hot water again last week. So this is obviously a a top of mind issue for a lot of people in Australia right now, including politicians. In terms of Australia's reaction to this and uh, the safeguards that need to be in place to better protect the country and its consumers from cyber attacks, where are the pitfalls at the moment and what do you see is needing to be addressed? Well, I think, first of all, we're probably all just a little bit hypervigilant at the moment because we had, yeah, not just Optus and then Medibank, but then we had Latitude earlier this year as well. And and the vast majority of Australians were in at least one of those. I was certainly in one of those myself. The response we've seen from government after those incidents has been positive in terms of the the indications to make serious investments in there. We've now have a cybersecurity coordinator being appointed as well. Uh, Our cybersecurity minister has been very vocal and there's been commitments around resources to try and help uh, tackle these incidents. But of course, these are these are things that are going to take years to put in place to the point where they they have enough effect to to hopefully stem the flow of this. Uh, and I think we've got to recognise also, computer systems are complex, particularly in large organisations. We're never going to get this down to zero. And really, the the question is, do we have the right equilibrium at the moment? And, and evidently, probably no. But we've just got to see how big that gap is that we can close. Finally, Troy, in our conversation earlier, you mentioned that this is an event that's happening kind of on the daily in terms of cyber threats. So how concerned should Australians be? We should be probably equally worried to those of our friends and families around the rest of the world. Look, we're a little bit hypervigilant at the moment because we've had so many incidents back to back in a small period of time. But these are happening every day all the way around the world, and particularly the likes of ransomware, which are being so insidiously damaging in many cases. And again, we think back to the Medibank situation. So we need to be cautious and do all the sorts of things that we as consumers have control over, strong, unique passwords, multi-factor authentication, password managers, careful of the links we click on. But evidently that alone is is not enough. And again, I think that the challenge for us as a society is trying to find where the equilibrium is, recognising that we're never going to eradicate cybercrime altogether in just the same way that we'll, we'll never eradicate uh, crime in real life. Raina Bosch there speaking with cybersecurity expert Troy Hunt. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast.
The Australian share market fell today. The S&P ASX 200 down 0.4% at 6,948. Comes on the day where ANZ posted record full-year profits. For more on that and the day's market action, I spoke with George Baburis, the head of research at K2 Asset Management. Uh, A number of things are driving the market, but in general, the macro global conditions appear to be a bit more predictive where they were a month ago. The correction that equity markets had for about four or five weeks leading into the FOMC meeting of two weeks ago is past us and people are quite comfortable with the narrative that higher rates for longer in the developed world with a probable outcome of a soft landing therefore people are looking through that and becoming becoming quite comfortable with that outcome. So higher rates for longer we know in some parts of the world rates are being left on hold we saw that over the past few weeks with the US the Bank of England for example but in Australia there's increasing chatter that rates may still need to rise uh, last week we saw the the Reserve Bank lift its inflation forecasts today its acting assistant governor said that inflation is still too high so what's the market thinking will happen with local rates yeah it's a good question uh, Marion Collard the assistant governor uh, spoke this morning Australia is a little bit different to the rest of the world in that it was what we call behind the curve from a market perspective, slow to raise rates, number of unique circumstances. However, it's fair to say in the last three months that domestic demand and domestic inflation acceleration combined with higher energy prices globally and the lower Aussie dollar are creating a bit of a, uh, an issue and a problem for the Reserve Bank going forward. They've seen re-acceleration for the quarter of, uh, of inflation. And that comes down to many different things, tight labour market, record immigration levels, house prices still and rents maintaining those high levels. But that re-acceleration is creating a bit of a problem for the central bank and the RBA is cognizant of that. Therefore, uh, the market is expecting rates to go up another one, possibly two next year and uh, to remain higher for longer. A bit like pre-2008 for those that can get back to those days. Uh, before 2008, we had these higher rate environments. Um, we can't talk interest rates without talking banks. ANZ today posting a record full-year cash profit of $7.4 billion, but shares are down. Why so? What's your take on the result? Combination, it's a, it's a record number, uh, and it's a number in two halves, obviously. Uh, the first half of this fiscal year was very robust numbers, and in line with other banks, the margins were still growing quite healthy from an absolute term, but they were slowing in the second half. So that's one way to look at it. The other thing to look at is that uh, the margins for retail banking are under pressure from these good levels. Uh, National Australia Bank is a little bit different because it's got less retail as a proportion of its business. It's a bit more of a business bank. But uh, ANZ has got, obviously, trying to grow that, that retail bank sector. And obviously, they're hunting for new mortgages aggressively. And some people are interpreting that as too competitive or not ideal for margins going forward. But I think if you take a step back on these record numbers from ANZ, they'll be getting some really good customers and their lower mortgage are doing the price discount. So it, it will impact their margins in the short term, but they'll be getting some good quality customers coming over uh, from, the other, from their competitors. And I think there may be a little bit of an overreaction on that. Okay, speaking of competitors, the um, ANZ was the last of the big four banks to report. Combined, I think their profits of the big four is about $32.5 billion, their cash profit. That's a record, about 14% up on last year. So what do these combined results in the banking sector say about where we are in the economy and the ability for borrowers to deal with higher interest rates? A great question. The banking sector in Australia is very healthy in, in relative terms to offshore peers. 
And those numbers are very, very strong, given obviously the big emphasis on mortgage and mortgage rates and retail banking, notwithstanding National Australia Bank's got a big, big, bigger business bank as a comparable. What it does show is that regulatory capital, capital is quite high. They can sustain uh, some impairments going forward, but there is a resilience to the underlying economy. Uh, make no mistake about it, uh, all of us forecasters have really been surprised at the strength of the housing price, uh, and they, they seem to be holding these gains. And on the back of that, and a lot of the mortgages written uh, before two, three years ago, there's a lot of prepayment in there. So from a credit perspective, the banking sector looks very good in relative terms. Uh, but having said all of that, offshore investors are not keen buyers of the Aussie banks. Uh, they, they don't have to come here for that. But domestically, the banking sector is in relatively good shape with a strong labour market and it can handle some pain uh, next year, which we're all anticipating. But in general, the banks are coming off these record profits and they're well placed for any, uh, any headwinds for calendar 24 and beyond. Okay, finally, where do you see the opportunities for investors at the moment? All investors have super, so they're already balanced and diversified. Outside of that, investors are clearly going into more property, looks quite expensive, and uh, term deposits obviously are very healthy rates for those people that don't need to go back into the equity market or the bond market. So everyone's got a balanced fund, you're already diversified, you already have exposure, but outside of that, term deposits just look compelling for retirees. George Baburus there from K2 Asset Management. This SBS on the Money stream is provided for informational purposes only. The content in this stream should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and it does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.